listening to The New Paris. I'm your host, Lindsay Tremuda. If there's one thing that springs to mind when it comes to French lifestyle, it's the importance of farmers markets. Few places in the world can claim to rival the multitude of marchés that are both destinations and fixtures of everyday life across France. And for many, they are a source of tremendous inspiration. That was certainly the case for Amy Fieser and her husband, Pierre Aberer, who started Fed by a Frenchman, a playful Instagram account to document market life and explore the lessons it, and in Amy's case, living with a Frenchman, bestows. They join me to talk about the project and what they've learned from one another. Hello, Amy and Pierre. Hi. This is your first time on the show. Um, Amy, uh, obviously, you are no stranger to my life or the, you know, the new Paris conversation. I was trying to think about actually how long we've known each other and when, where we met. I mean, I know we met on Twitter, which is, yeah, which seems like a, like a reductive meet and meet cute. Mm -hmm. It does seem reductive, but it, but when we met, I was thinking about this today. I feel like it was probably around 2007 or 2008. No possible. I do. uh, Of course. I think it is. But, and that was before Twitter was Twitter today. Like it's, it was, it was a time when it was kind of creative writerly types on there Mm -hmm. having really um, interesting conversations. There was not, there were no brands on there. It was, I think maybe the only celebrity was like Ashton Kutcher. Oh, right. It was very, it was really real. It felt like, um, it made sense that we feel connected from those Twitter days because it wasn't what it is now. It was, it felt more personal. It felt like you really could connect with people. It didn't feel like you were in some sort of silo. So it makes, it makes sense to me that we felt like friends even before we met in person. And that was also before all the political discussions that basically dominate today, but, but also we have mutual friends. And, and so it was sort of like this, will Amy come to Paris at some point <laughs> kind of question, open-ended question. And then you did. So when did, from what, what year did you come and, and when you were going on a few dates and then met the guy that's sitting next to you? <laughs> yeah. So that was 2014. Oh my God. I know I can't, it's gone by it so was, fast. Yeah. It was. Um, and what's funny is the, really the person who connected us on Twitter is the reason why I'm in Paris, Nicole Robertson. Yeah. Um, I came over to stay with her um, and, and rent an apartment for three months and, and dated a couple people while I was here and was done with it. And then this this cute face popped up on my uh, on my uh, feed and um, and I accidentally fell in love with a Frenchman. Oops. Never thinking that that would happen, considering Oops. I was the Spanish club president and didn't know, know a lick of a French. I did not know that about I, you, actually. Oh, of course. It's too bad we, we aren't all in Spain. I would be really super fluent by now, but <laughs> really excellent Spanish student. It's French a little bit less so. But um, yeah, so I, I uh, accidentally met this person. I didn't, because of the language thing, I didn't expect to have meet anyone at all. I wasn't anticipating it. And I guess that's when it happens, isn't it? When you're not really expecting it. So of course, and so I think 2014, 2014, wow. which I guess assume is the time we physically met for the first time. Right. It because must I, have been, I mean, if that's when you came and were dating, uh, mm-hmm. well, sorry, Pierre. I mean, she was like, <laughs> it was more like putting her feelers out there. It wasn't real it was. dating. That's all it was. It was the beginning. It was the beginning. <laughs> 
Yeah. It was yeah. just the beginning. Just the beginning. Um, but now flash forward, obviously I was at your wedding. You were married. You, I, I remember like it was yesterday, <laughs> although it's now been a couple two years. years, two years already. Mm-hmm. Um, Pierre, you're a film editor. You both mm-hmm. live in the 20th arrondissement and you both work for yourselves. Um, but in the last couple of years, you've come up with this fun little project. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the right word for it. Sure. It feels well, we can get to that, but um, it's called Fed by a Frenchman. What sparked this and and what is the focus, you know, online and, or just in your sort of um, imagining of uh, what it could be? Right. Well, it started because just... To go to the market together. Yeah, we would go to the market together and um, I started posting it on my regular Instagram account. Um, we would, We sort of as I was learning about what it was to be an expat in France, um, it, it came to a point where you were like, look, let's try a game at the market. Like you, this was you, you, I remember the first mm-hmm. time you said it, let's play a game. Let's, let's take 20 euros and see what we can get. Yeah. I think it started. We noticed that each time we would go to the fruit and veg market, we would spend about 20. Mm-hmm. So we reversed it and said, okay, let's take 20 and see what we can do and see what you can get. So, um, the trick that he taught me is that if you go with the end of the market, that's when you can get the best deals because people, especially when it's a little bit warmer outside, people are trying to get rid of their produce because otherwise it's going to go bad and they may have to throw it out or donate it somewhere. Um, so if they can get, you know, a little bit of money for it, they're, you're going to get really good deals at the end of the market. So um, I started posting it into stories. I didn't even post it onto just like the main feed of Instagram. I started in stories um, and I just kept getting really good feedback from people. Like um, what kind of, what kind of feedback? It was just like, oh my God, my favorite. I would, I would do it every Sunday and, and people were like, oh great. It's my favorite time of day. It's my favorite time of day. And, <laughs> and I don't, it was weird because I, I don't know. I was using stories in a way that I sort of use it now. And to tell a story, it's not just like, you know, snapshots of my, my camera roll. It's, I, I tr- I'm, a, I'm a writer by trade anyway. And so I used it to sort of tell a story and I would tell the story of the rules of the game. I would show what we found and, um, and we would kind of go from there and it evolved not only into this market day, it evolved into um, learning about, especially as an American coming here and he was, a, I'm a little bit of a neat freak anyway, but just learning about super ripe produce Mm. And not being afraid of something with bumps and bruises in it and understanding that, not that I don't have that understanding, but, you know, just really using fruit and veg like that, that that's ready to go, that's super ripe and, and learning that it's really at its best sometimes when it's that way. So we sort of not only started with this market day kind of concept, we started showing the experience with ugly fruit or ugly mm-hmm. food. And, and I started also getting reactions from Americans saying, wow, you're teaching me to look at fruit and vegetable a little bit of a different way. So it, it became this, I'm, you know, we talked about, I'm a freelancer. I, I didn't really want this. I wanted, it, it, it is a project. I think project is probably mm-hmm. a good word for it because I wanted it to be, I wanted to create a feed that's just about food. I didn't want to put it on my personal feed. I wanted mm-hmm. to sort of explore it as a person. I'm just interested in that to see what it would be if we really hyper-focused on food um, and, and and kind of came up with this, the name. I really liked the name. And Well, of course, that's, mm-hmm. that, that has the, you know, the eye-catching 
quality on Instagram that people, you know, are looking for, you know, what does that mean? Right. That, that gets them hooked. Um, and obviously Pierre, you make, you're, you're not just some like faceless Frenchman <laughs> who's, you know, they're only in name. You, you do make appearances. Um, how, how do you define your role in all of this? Are you the educator? Are you the guide? I mean, it came into parts because once you come back from the market with, I don't know, six kilos of pears <laughs> and five kilos of apples and three dozens of bananas, what do you do with it? So you have to cook them, which was the part two of our Sundays, which we would turn what we harvested into food. And then, so that became, okay, which recipe are we going to use? Or what would my mother do with this? Mm-hmm. And all of this for, I think, I don't know if I'm, a, well, you make me a face sometimes. Yeah. Even though I'm always referred to as the Frenchman. Yeah, we don't call him Pierre. He's the Frenchman. Well, right, the right. Frenchman. But yes, yeah, so my, I guess my role is that too. What do we do with that? What do we get? <laughs> for how cheap? Yeah. And what do we do with it? And if I can complain about it, then even better. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, w- 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 we're going to come to that because there are some things that I've seen on the on your stories that involve, you know, like sh- the shocked Frenchman or the offended Frenchman, you know, from, you know, once you're back back at home. But I also wanted to say what's interesting is all the characters you've introduced people to at the market you know, you start calling them out by their first names after mm-hmm. a while, now that you know them and they know you. Um, is d- Did you ever let them in on what you're doing? Yeah, you know, I think characters is a good place just to start anyway, because I do think if I'm defining Pierre as the person creating, I've created two characters. One is me, the dumb American who doesn't know anything. I'm, I'm putting up, I know we can't see me, but I'm putting up little quotation marks with my fingers. Um, I know some stuff, but I've certainly <laughs> turned myself into a character that's sort of the American that doesn't know anything and uh, who has married the Frenchman who knows it all. Like the Frenchman who's super opinionated and uh, as you all do, all you guys just know everything. Right. You just know it all. Just mm-hmm. know it all, you Frenchies. Um, so I, I've certainly exaggerated our personalities a lot, uh, just starting with, with, with Pierre and I as characters. And then you're right, we have um, <laughs> turned our, our, the, the vendors into characters too, particularly before COVID, um, when we were going on a more regular basis, when it was more, uh, when it was a little bit, we felt more comfortable to do so and when it was safer to do so. Um, but yeah, we've let them in. Uh, we we follow several of them on Instagram now, and several of them follow us. Um, oh, funny! And they have been so. Um, it's weird because you know, do I have their permission to put them on? I think at this point, I do. The, the ones that did did and do regularly show up um, are kind of in on the joke. They they sort of get mm-hmm. it, and I think they're indulging us a little bit. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Like they're it also comes from the fact that. We go every weekend, so they know our faces, which was another yeah. part of French culture, if you want. Yeah, true. That you, you know, will always engage with your vendors. Yeah, totally. It's a huge part of it, and and I think they trust us. They know that we're not um, we're not making fun of them. If we're making fun of anybody, it's of the two of us. So it's been, um, I think, for our little courtier of people, uh, it's been. I hope so to some. Uh, bit of an advantage i think some people have noticed them and have popped up into some of the um the different vendors that we've that we 
tend to feature when we're on a regular basis at the market. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're in on it. A lot of them are following us back. They'll interact with us in, you know, direct messages. And um, I don't know, there's, it's been a wonderful way to sort of expand on that relationship that Pierre just mentioned that it's so important um, in France in particular, at least in my experience, which is creating relationships with the people that are selling things to you in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. because um, it benefits everybody in that it, it's wonderful to just have that connection and to, to get to know the people that live around you. But also um, we trust their taste. Um, we, they trust us. Like there, there's something really, um, really lovely about having that, those relationships with the people that are handling our food and that are, are giving us recommendations. And it's, uh, it's something it's, that's one really huge benefit that I've learned being here. And when you were living, I mean, you, before coming to Paris, you were living in Brooklyn for Mm -hmm. many, many, many years. Did you have any like flea, uh, not flea market, but farmer's market kind of like, like what we have here at all? Or were you not really, uh, I, I did, we did for sure have a flea market that I did actually attend on a regular basis. Um, and what's funny, I can, I can see, like, I had a guy that I would buy ground turkey from, I would see him all the time. Um, I can, there was a particular food, a fruit person I would go to, but I will say, and maybe this is about my personality. Maybe this is about New York itself. Maybe this is an American thing, but I did not have those personal relationships. They didn't recognize me. Um, and that, and again, that's just my personal experience. I'm sure that there are New Yorkers and Americans that have personal relationships with their market folks. I did not have that. In fact, um, and, and, and to be fair, I didn't try to really pursue that. I wasn't pushing it. I think part of, for me, being a New Yorker was being as anonymous as possible, just getting in and getting out and getting back home. It wasn't about really creating, um, a relationship. It was, it was just about saving time. And also I cooked less, um, in New York. I was single most of the time and I wasn't, uh, I would just have a few things that I would make. I wasn't, I wasn't cooking that often. I was going to be in a restaurant more often than I was going to be cooking at home. So, um, so it was even funny. I remember, uh, we were back in Brooklyn a couple years ago and there, we had this really, had a really good pizza place across the street from me and I would get, you were going to mention that too. And we, uh, we, um, I went back to get purposely went back to Brooklyn Heights to get a slice from this place. And I recognized all those guys. Um, but I, I mean, I lived there for 10 years in this building. I was at this pizza place 10, probably once a week. The guys, I came back and I was so um, used to talking to my vendors after a couple years in France that I was like, guys, hi, I'm back. I just want to let you know I came back purposely to get some of the pizza from you. And they could care less. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, what? Who are I you? Li- I lived opposite for 10 years. I'm like, I, I lived I here. pizza and here's my husband and they didn't it wasn't it just they wanted me in and out it was more of trans a transaction and again i, I don't want to i don't want to stereotype that just that could have just been my personal experience but i i don't i lived in new york uh for 16 years so more of my adult life than any other city so i don't know what it would be like in another american city but in new york in my experience it was not about creating those relationships right um, but you know i have i i wish i had had that, uh, I wish I had learned that 
And I wish I had made those relationships in New York. I'm sure people would have been open to it if I had been more open to it. But um, it was a funny realization to go back and just, I just, I didn't do that when I was there. I mean, here, even your pharmacist will know who you are. I mean, truly, you, I I think it's just, you know, culturally far more uh, Mm -hmm. of a priority. Um, But in a city like New York, you know, if you've watched enough Seinfeld episodes, you know, (laughs) you know, there's this distance that, New Yorkers tend to to preserve I think, between each other. I think we need it. There's so many people in that city, and you're just yeah. you're looking for any pocket of. I keep using the word anonymity, but just privacy or just distance, mm-hmm. a little bit of of space to yourself. Um, mm-hmm. At least that was the, the that was what it was for me. So um, it's definitely different in Paris or France in general. But interesting insight for sure. Um, aside from you know that cultural revelation, what other things, Amy, have you learned from all these outings to the market? Like, are there any you know eye-opening insights that now you like you, you know you, you've kept with you and you can't believe you didn't know them before? Yeah, um, certainly the importance of relationships comes into play in the market, like we talked about. But um, I you think. Say how you feel? Yeah, you oh yeah, yeah, that's very that's so true, but it's so small, but it's such a big it's such a big thing that people tell you before you come to France is you've got to say hello to everybody right. before. And that's 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 across the board. You have to any, yeah. anyone you're dealing with, it doesn't matter if it's a vendor, if it's just any human, you recognize someone's humanity first. And, <laughs> and then, then you have then you bite exactly, the baguette. Then you bite the baguette. So that is for sure. That's such a lesson, I think, in in many situations in France. But um, I think the biggest one has been, um, even though I was aware of it, as as someone who's always been interested in food, and as a as a New Yorker who would, uh, who, it was very interested in being part of the restaurant scene and, and knowing what the hottest places were. Uh, for some reason, and maybe because I cooked less there, seasonality has become a bigger deal here. Um, maybe it's because it's, it's because of many things. I mean, I'm in the market more often with someone mm-hmm. who is, uh, has been raised to, to understand what should be the best and freshest that season in the market. So I'm seeing it with my eyes. I'm tasting it more. Um, and, um, and I'm learning it's so simple. I mean, I've known it all along, but it, this, and maybe it's because in the States we've got grocery stores that have everything available to us all times of year. But, um, certainly, and, and certainly we can find things in France, a lot of things in France. So. Yeah. Like strawberries when you shouldn't be eating them. Right. Like don't buy the strawberries yeah. until they're in season. Right. We can get banana. Like we've got our bananas and kiwis. We have things that are, that, that are all year round, but, 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 but understanding that there's a wonderful, um, it's, it's wonderful to anticipate something mm-hmm. and, and that it's a, it's, it's like what the earth gives you throughout the year is these little gifts of, of, of when it's at its best. Please. When it's at its best, it's a gift to, to try those strawberries um, when they're at their best. The, the it it is um, it's just there's something really fun about the waiting and um, mm-hmm. like getting excited and 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 having conversations about it with friends. Like it is it is um, it's a lot of fun to to discover seasonality here, and 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 I feel like it's it's really valued here. And, um, yeah, it's just what I, I, that, I think that's my biggest lesson is just learning Mm -hmm. the joy of, of eating. I think most Americans could probably say that. 
Yeah, but you know, it's 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 wild how often you'll see people even cooking recipes with tomatoes in the U.S. now mm-hmm. when they're not in. You know, it's not tomato season. Like, totally. You know, it's one thing to can your, you know, and freeze your your tomatoes or to make sauce ahead of time, you know, that you can have all year. But like, it's very different to be buying tomatoes now. Right. Where do they you even know. come from? Yeah, where do they even come from? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the big question. <laughs> you know, I will say that, and you just saying that too has also been something I've learned here. I think um, that grocery stores and and markets are better here at telling you where things are sourced. It might be a legal obligation, but yeah, it is. For sure. I have a feeling it is illegal. Oh, let's get avocado. It's coming from Peru. Oh, shit flew all the way there. Mm, For sure. There have been a million times that he has passed up produce because it's from too far away, which I, you know, which is wonderful. That's another thing. People, you know, there's this whole, for for the longest time, people would just, you know, talk about organic being the only, the only way, except that not all organic is local. And if you're making that comparison, then often local is better in the long run. Definitely. Um, But, you know, there are plenty of things that come from, you know, North Africa, Spain, things that are also grown here. Mm-hmm. So it's like, don't you, and also the Spanish produce tends to be full of pesticides unless it says organic, right. right? I mean, so there are all these other considerations to to, to think about, but um, it's a good point, Pierre. You don't want something that comes from Peru, Mm-mm. perhaps. Especially in the winter. Yeah, especially in the winter. <laughs> right. <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> but, but Pierre, I'd like to reverse this question uh, that I asked Amy and ask you, what kinds of lessons have you gleaned from Amy and the food traditions that she brings to the household? Yeah. How about that? Oh, she brought Velveeta <laughs> to the house? Stop it. No. Velveeta? <laughs> she did No, she didn't. <laughs> I was introduced to Velveeta and the strawberry flavored one in last one of the last time we went to the US. Which was, Wait a minute, there's a strawberry Velveeta. What uh, is yes, it? Strawberry Velveeta? Yeah, we have a picture. Cream cheese. Yeah, cream cheese. Is it cream cheese? That's, okay, that's either way. That's pro- some sort of processed okay. cheese, which led to another a new subcategory of the fed by a Frenchman account that we can talk about later. Which with the how to make your how to anger your Frenchman. How to anger your Frenchman. <laughs> oh, I love that series. <laughs> What else came, so Pierre, what else came in, along with you? What, um, Amy introduced me to good knives and good tools. Yeah, very, I have Interesting. Knives. Because, I, you know, I would have my two knives to do everything. One of them did you I, ever sharpen them? Absolutely not. You didn't? I would sharpen them because I like my tools to work properly, but I probably had only two of them, <laughs> which I saved from the high school days. And, and, they're, probably from, oh my, days. and they're probably from Ikea. Yeah, or like a good old opinel, but that's rusted because it's so old. Whoa. And Amy came along with, I don't know, 12 odd knives. Stuff knives. German brand. We're a knife family. And we're a knife family. I had to install a <laughs> knife rack. You have two knife racks now. Two knife rack. Wow. What to do with them. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank goodness you met me. <laughs> And also, I mean, not to put words in your mouth, but at Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. there are certain Southern yeah, traditions the other thing this was, lady brings. That was the other thing I was going to talk about. Some recipes across the Atlantic with this lady right here. Yeah. One of them being our now favorite dish of the end of the year, the sweet potato. Yeah. Casserole. I don't sense. want to call it casserole because, you know, French <laughs> casserole means a cooking pan yeah. and that's baked so I call it a gratin 
And that's also an interesting mix of, you know, it's a salty dish, mm -hmm. but it's very sweet. It's been a big hit when we make it uh, yeah. with, for French people here. Of course, we Frenched it a little bit. We did French it. We started to use French butter and salty butter. But ah, that's how you Frenchify it? You use French butter? You use French butter and you reduce and the sugar. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it is still, I mean, the, the whole uh, salty-sweet combo mm -hmm. in the American uh, canon is not always very popular here. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's you know, Chinese sweet and sour. Sweet, yeah. But different um, in the way that we tend to do it. Yeah. Just because it's overpowering. Especially from Southern recipes, too. You know, it's just going to be... Yeah, we start with the recipe, and then we decide to have the sugar. Oh, and there was too much, so we have it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So by the end, there's like a touch of sugar. There's just yeah. a tiny bit of sugar. The sweet potatoes... With a hit of coarse salt, and then that becomes more yeah. less sweet, and you can fill the potatoes again. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that's another thing I'd say that we've learned. I've learned here is about the... Um, we had a conversation, you and I had talked about this earlier, just the, um, the quality of food is, I, I think, in my experience, has been better. The quality for the cost, for what you pay, mm -hmm. is it's a little bit better here. So something like a sweet potato here um, is maybe it's going to taste a little bit better. So therefore, you don't have to use as much sugar. And maybe the salt does bring out something. There is just, um, yeah, yeah, back to what I've learned yeah. from the markets, I'd say, the quality having beautiful quality ingredients in the right season is is ideal Welcome, yeah. that's all you right. that's all you really need i remember when your brother and sister and came here and it was a strawberry season and we had those gariguette strawberries which are small and super Ooh. juicy uh -huh. and david your brother we bought a little tin of them and he had a couple and he stopped and he said i remember those from our grandparents' days. Mm -hmm. That's what they would taste like. Our grandparents had gardens. Both of our, our both sets of grandparents had lar several acres of, of fresh gardens and we would help them. But, you know... Where was that, in North Carolina? That was in North Carolina. You know, it, he would have remembered that from the 80s. And um, and that's probably the last time he had a strawberry like that. Was, was Wow. He would go pick them when it was strawberry season at our grandparents' garden. Huge gardens, like really, really large. But yeah, for sure. And it was just, I think they were so surprised to have that taste again. It was, it was really. And also there are so many varieties of strawberries oh, yeah. that you can get here that, you know, I don't think many people had even heard of before uh, that are just phenomenal and have totally different flavor uh, profiles, you know? It's really, it's, it's such a lovely the discovery. Garibet, the de Bois, and yeah. also the wild ones. That yeah. Came from our we have some in our garden. Parents that came from the Right, because you have a. You have a, a, a sort of rooftop Terra. garden. Yep. Terrace uh, garden. Yep. Yeah, well, we have survivors. Only the plants that can survive. So yeah. We, we're not gardeners. <laughs> we're not very good gardeners. We sort of <laughs> inherited that garden. And it's got lots. It's got like tons of fennel. And yeah. For some reason, fennel For some reason, here. we have a ton of fennel. We can't grow tomatoes to grow to, to save our lives. Um, there's and a lot of the wind. Strawberries too. And the wild strawberries is something that pops up. And mash. And mash. The, the, the mash salad green salad. mash is, is something. For some reason, other things. We've had one whole apple. Um, hmm. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, an apple and a half. Pardon. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still, <laughs> it's still, d despite the fact that there's not a lot there, it's still a wonderful thing to um, experience having my own little garden to, 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 to pick strawberries and a little bit of salad and a little bit of fennel from. Amazing. And, and so I have to ask, 
I have to ask you because um, I, I see that uh, while Pierre is getting up and checking the <laughs> tart that is in the oven, um, I wanted to ask you about something I saw on your stories once about how to anger the how to anger a Frenchman, and it was you plucking a grape in the incorrect way. Can you describe what you were doing I'm and what sure. you should you should have done? That's a big issue in the house. Right? <laughs> it wasn't. Tell me what you did. <laughs> okay, so um, I learned a lot in the first year of, of, of dating Pierre. And I remember it was grape season, so it would have been the fall. And late summer, uh, early, late summer early fall. And, uh, you know, we had, at that time of year, we tend to have bowls of grapes around. Is there a bit of an echo? Um, and I just plucked, plucked a grape. And ate it off the off bunch. bunch. Off the bunch, just picked oh it off. And I, I got the biggest death stare from Pierre because he said, "He said, don't you ever do that in front of my mother." What did I do? Did I was I was I chewing funny? Was I spitting? Did I spit the seed out funny? Because all the, the grapes here have seeds, as opposed to the states where they're usually seedless. Well, we have seedless, but I don't want to bite it. Yeah. Well, that's enough. He'll never, he'll, he won't, it. yeah. But, um, so he said, no, this is not the, here's how you do it. How do you, how do you properly take a grape off of a grapevine? You don't just pull on the grapefruit. You also pull a little stem with it. So like you have like a mini bunch. You take off a mini bunch from the big bunch. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Because why? It's out of respect for the person coming after you. So it doesn't look like it's half eaten. All right. I love this. It's out of respect for the person coming after you, which is sort of the same philosophy of how you cut cheeses. Yeah. Right? The idea is that you are creating a, an easy path for the person after you. Yeah. With cheeses, also you cut it in a way that every person around the table gets a bit of everything. Oh, right. So some okay. cheeses are interesting, you know, from center to the edges, from us, but sideways because you want a bit of crust and a bit of the middle. Mm-hmm. But it's also, yeah, as a, as a courtesy to people following you that you're not just going to take the first time for yourself. Also, isn't it a bit ugly? Also, you know, as a another factor, it's just not very appealing to see a, a like a. A, a bunch of stems without grapes. Exactly. There, I have to say, now you can't see it anymore. Now I can't. Now you can't unsee it now. It for sure. <laughs> for sure, I can't. I love it. As again, I mentioned earlier, I'm a neat freak. I really, really like this rule. I think this is really lovely. There, there is such an emphasis on on food presentation here. It's not just about eating. There, even if you, if you go through the markets, right. Things in many of the stalls are beautifully presented to you. It is really something that you notice when you first get here, if you're not used to it. There is a beautiful order to things, and that really translates itself into things like how you've taught me how to eat the grapes. And when I showed that, it's, I've, I've re-showed that a couple times because people react to it in such a funny way. Everyone gets excited by it because it's you're right. It's You're right. You are right it's in this way. Yeah. It's respect. To see that little naked, you know, Blob. Yeah, it's ugly. It's the naked yeah. blob of the leftover pit of the grape. Exactly. The, the, that would be like you, know, you have a dish on the table and you come yeah. through it and then you just leave it as is. There is something really lovely about having this pristine bunch of grapes in your home versus the, the, the yucky, yeah, the sort of naked, Sticking, naked, vulgar, 
bunch of grapes. I mean, damaged. Damaged. I haven't, because I'm not a big grape eater, I have not personally been scolded for such behavior. <laughs> However, I've, I've definitely been scolded for, you know, once you get to a certain point in a certain type of cheese, you know, you switch directions because at that point, you know, you'll, you'll give someone too much, you know, rind to have to cut off and whatnot. And I've definitely heard the, what did you do? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, th- you know? the first time I got scolded was uh, with wine. I, um, I took, it, it was, this is really, this was the very first scolding I got. I was asked mm-hmm. to, yeah, this is the mm-hmm. first time I got oh, screamed at. Screamed. That's, that's a little bit rough. You scream were, into it. I don't scream. However, so, yeah, you I grunt. You grunt. <laughs> I, I was asked to open the wine, and we had, um, and I started peeling the foil. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. I know, and I got, I got, Pierre just really had this big reaction, and this was early on in our relationship, and it was the kind of thing that I was like, is this a red flag? Like, do I need to this guy? Do I need to be careful <laughs> there? Like, is this, is psycho, like, huh? is he really psycho about wine? Like, what, do I need to run? But no, 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 I think he's just a Frenchman. I don't think he's, he's, he's unique in the point that he doesn't, uh, we don't take the foil off because as the point that you made, it's there to catch any drips from the wine. I mean, that's why you leave it. That's why you leave it on there. So that you kind of, it, it, it becomes a part of the serving experience back, back to, mm. to preserving the looks of, of things and, and maybe for other people too. Respecting but, your table. Well, you were saying the other day, you made a good point. You're like, some people take off the foil, and but then, then they, they, go they, and they buy a special drip thing. Right. When you've got the foil to do it there for you, like why waste the money? So yeah, that was the first, uh, I realized later it wasn't a red flag. It was just, he's just French. So they're not necessarily hard and fast rules, but they're strongly encouraged. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so what, what what happens from here then? I mean, is this like the making of a YouTube show? What What's going to become of Fed by a Frenchman? Because, you know, right now, obviously, we're a bit limited in, in what we can do. And um, it is negative four degrees or whatever out yeah. there. Um, but... And wearing masks, so it's less, you know, less fun. But what is the what is the next step? We kind of talk about it a lot. Um, it's funny, be, being that we're both creatives by trade, there, there's mm-hmm. a part that's like, you know, this is what we do for a living anyway, is creating things like this. And there, part of me is like, ugh, like, um, I, I, it's, I, I, I want to keep it for fun. And not, right. not to try to monetize it or, or, or make it my job. But um, so, yeah, but people have, a lot of people have asked us that question. Like it, a lot of people have said it could be a YouTube um, channel for sure. I think I'm a little bit shy about being on video. You're, you're okay with it. I mean, he's a film editor, so there it can well, lend itself. I could like be behind the scene too. You like to be behind the scene. Yeah. There's part of us that are too shy, a little bit, just a little, I don't want to be on a talking head. Um, but then um, it makes me, it, it is, I get so much joy from creating mm-hmm. this particular Instagram feed. It lets me use my, my, my real um, writing voice. The people that are following us kind of uh, understand that my sense of humor is my sense of humor. It's not for everybody, um, but it works for me. And it's about the joy that, that I, I mean, you know, we're both, Lindsay, you and I are both writers and, and Pierre is an editor. So there, we all understand storytelling. So there is, mm-hmm. there is, 
I don't, I don't know what to do with it because there is a certain amount of joy that I really get from it. And the people that follow us are so lovely and really, really are engaged with us and really um, ask questions. Can you ask the, the Frenchman this for me? And like, there's such a, a lovely <laughs> community that I don't, I don't know. I don't totally know what to do with it. Um, there we've batted around the idea of a book. Although um, I've certainly um, had friends that have created cookbooks, and I know how hard that is to do. And, and you I lose the sort of interaction that you really like. Right. The interaction is, is the, the behind-the-scenes-ness of this right. Instagram. It, it has been really um, rewarding. So I don't know. As a writer, part of me um, sees it. Part of me dips my toe into the idea of, like, do I want it to be a newsletter that could could also be engaging with people? That would be fun. Yeah. And on top of it, where else I'd like it to go is that, so and just after we got married in 2018, Pierre's parents uh, both passed away. Yeah. And um, I only had a few years with them. And um, we came across, or, or Pierre's mother left behind a cookbook for the for the three kids. And there is something about, we've cooked several of her recipes for, that was sort of one of the, the first ideas that I, I wanted, because we started this before we got married. But um, part of me wanted to, to kind of go down to Grenoble and, uh, and, have her cook with us and kind of teach us some things. But there is a part of me that really wants to get closer to her uh, through some of the, her favorite recipes. And I'd love, I'd love for us to, to focus a lot on that. And we also um, in the cleaning out of their home, uh, Pierre's sister found um, a cookbook from their grandfather who, yeah, it's um, in his beautiful handwriting. Yeah, it's very yeah, French old man handwriting. 1950s, 60s handwriting. And they aren't necessarily his original recipes, but they are recipes no, of... No, they would go and travel, and if he liked something in a restaurant, they would ask the recipe and then write it down in a notebook. So on page C, oh, you old have... Old school a, style. Beautiful. It's so alphabetized. on page C, and you have chocolate cake, chocolate yeah. mousse, chocolate He liked pears, chocolate. Yeah, Lucien. And you go on B, and you have a pâté. Yeah. Everything's all orderly. So there's something um, about that connection to family um, Mm -hmm. in that I would like to sort of explore um, the family recipes because I I was not a member of his family for a very long time before we lost them. So it would be nice to kind of, um, you know, that's not really broadening the platform, but for me, there's something rewarding. No, but there's more, there's more to these projects than, you know, you're doing it for you. Totally. Ultimately. And if people want to watch and engage in it and if it it teaches them something that really makes me very happy. So, so I don't know what to do with it. Like you just reacted to newsletter. Maybe, maybe it should just be a newsletter and we'll see what happens with there. But for now I'm really happy for it to, to bring me joy. And if it brings other people joy, um, and it, if it lets my husband cook for me, then like I really win. There you go. I, I really win on Wait, all. Wait, am I going to cook? <laughs> you are the best cook, babe. You're the best. <laughs> the best of us, too. You're the best of oh, us. So well, after all, in the name is being fed by a Frenchman. So that implies that you are going jusqu'au bout. You're not just picking up the ingredients. You mm-hmm. are completing the process. You, that's your role. Clearly, this is your role. And, and you and I are clearly in modern relationships because I am also the person who prefers to do the eating versus the cooking. And we have partners who are Sorry, usually okay to entertain that. <laughs> well, it's really interesting that we have these two guys that are really um, good cooks who were clearly taught by their moms um, growing up what it is to be. I, in a different way than I was taught. I think we've, we've talked about a lot, a lot about that, but um, 
I taught how to, I was taught how to push the buttons on the yeah. microwave. Yeah. 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 That is a good start. That's yeah. <laughs> not not when it, it ends there. It's hard at the end. <laughs> I certainly am wonderful at punching the buttons in the microwave myself, but well, uh, we don't have one anymore. We now sorry. don't have one. Yeah, we don't either. So that's the other thing. You become super French in just that you're like, well, we have no room for it, and it's clearly not the most important tool. So let's just forego it altogether. Mm-hmm. No problem. It's good. We, yeah. we did, Lindsay. We did good. <laughs> we did all right. I think we are. We're good. We're good. Amy Pierre, uh, fed by a Frenchman is really a delight. And I'm eager for you guys to get back to the market and tell more stories. Is that the best place people can follow you is right on Instagram at exactly at fed Fed by by a Frenchman. Frenchman. Exactly. That's the best. Okay. And with any luck, a newsletter perhaps will be on the horizon. Fingers crossed. Get to cooking and tell more stories. We'll do it until next time. Thanks Lindsay. A bientôt. Bye. That's the show for today. As always, thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing with friends. You can find all previous episodes of the New Paris podcast wherever you stream your podcasts and on World Radio Paris. If you're enjoying these conversations, please consider picking up a copy of the New Paris book or my recent release, The New Parisienne, from your local booksellers. Until next time, a bientôt. 